Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. We're talking chicken today, but not like the chicken that you like. Not grilled chicken, fried chicken, et cetera. We're talking upstream, like farming. I can't even wait. Um, on the podcast today, you're going to hear all about farmer focus. Corwin Heatwell is on, and he's going to really give us an education in chicken like and, and what they're doing around organic, sustainable, and humane uh, chicken and, and raising chickens. So um, it is so great to have you on the podcast, Corwin. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Um, as I was saying before we hit record, we've never talked about the upstream farming part of like a lot of our food products that we cover on our podcast. So when I saw your info, I was like, this will be so good. Um, we've got to cover it. I'm, I'm excited that you're here. What you guys do is unique in terms of your approach. And we're going to educate our listeners too on the chicken farming business. Cause I think a lot of them don't know. Um, I will tell you personally, if you ask any of my friends and they said, just what do you think is Justin's favorite food? The answer is just one word, chicken, like any kind. So um, again, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I can't wait to dive in. Um, let's do this. How about share with our audience a little about you and your background? I know you've been in this industry for a while and you've really come up through it, but share a little bit about that with your, our audience. Sure. Myself, I'm a sixth generational uh, family farmer, so uh, I get it honest. We've, we've done this for many generations, and um, I remember in the, as a young kid, you know, five, six years old, we were out checking the birds, milking the cows, working on the farm. So, you know, growing chickens was what we did and what we did exceedingly well. Then, as you'll hear later, uh, starting a chicken company and getting into chicken processing was a whole new world. I can imagine. So, okay. So you've been in the business now, or, or your own business now, 10 plus years. Um, you call it Shenandoah Valley Organic or Farmer Focus. Um, how did you decide to make that shift? And then what like, What did the early days look like? I know it's been 10 years, but like, give us a little bit of rewind the clock for us. Yeah, that that's a, a loaded question. Um, you know, if you step back to the reasons we started are different than how we started, obviously. So uh, 10, it was 10, 11 years ago, spring of 2014, um, it all started with ordering 300 chickens. Got and it. we can talk later about why I decided to order 300 <laughs> chickens. Buffet. When I ordered that first 300 chickens, not one of them was sold. And I remember telling one of the employees uh, that, you know, if we don't find a home for these chickens, at least we're going to eat good for a long time. But I really don't think I did the math on that because – you know, 1,500 chickens times five or six pounds, you know, that, I don't even know if I had freezers enough to hold all that. <laughs> to hold all that. All that right. <laughs> um, and, and in the middle of that, after ordering these 300 chickens, I certified a farm organic. These were certified main first chickens I ever owned in my life, even though I'd raised millions. This was the first chickens I'd ever owned. The processor that I had uh, lined up to uh, process the birds for me, the, the local company, uh, they called and said, hey, well, we're no longer interested in in doing such a small batch. We're, we're backing out. I'm like, whoa, okay, now, now i got a problem on my hands. You know, now I have 300 chickens that are growing fast, and I don't even know where I'm going to get them processed. Uh, so we, we scrambled and found a place to process those birds, um, to purchase those birds live, and then uh, 
that scaled fairly quickly, but it, we, we knew it was a vulnerable business model to be selling live birds. So that's when we began working hard on creating our own processing capabilities. And in the early days, we didn't set out saying, hey, let, let's become processors. Let's let's build poultry plants. Uh, we we didn't want to. We wanted to farm. We wanted to do what we was really good at. But then when I couldn't find someone to process our birds, I said, well, to protect this newfound farming success, we have no choice. And that's when the journey began of of starting a, I guess you call it a real chicken company and, <laughs> and, and creating our own processing capabilities. All right. So I've got a, a million questions, not really, but a couple. And our, I'm sure our audience is like, okay, they're intrigued, but they've got questions too, because most people don't know this industry, right? They just see the chicken when they buy it at Costco or Publix or wherever. Okay. So talk about why 300 to start. Was that a magic number or like, how did you decide that was going to be the first batch? Uh, that is a great question. I'm not even sure I, I remember why I chose 300. But, you know, to, to talk about the industry, I, I had uh, grown chickens for integrated companies, typically in, in groups of 100,000 or so at a time. You know, we do uh, five to seven flocks a year. And we could produce a lot of a lot of uh, product, but um, not uh, there was a lot of challenges in that industry. We kept saying, you know, what are we going to do to break through? to uh, be our own boss and own animals on our farms and all those things that we had was dream, dreaming about in farming. And I so had that conversation with dozens of farmers and was collaborating about, you know, how we can make this happen. And that's when one farmer uh, told me that, have you ever considered organic? I'm like, no. So I went home, got fired up the old slow desktop and uh, researched the organic standards. And that's when the light bulbs went off. And I think before... I turned it off. I knew what I was going to do. And I think the next day is when I ordered the chickens. And I, I just, I'm, it's not like, hey, let, let's wait a year or two. Let, let's write a 25-page business plan. It's like, right. hey, let's, <laughs> let's try this. Totally. So, so yeah, it, it happened really quick. And I knew it needed to be at a smaller scale to where if it didn't work, I could absorb that amount of loss. So I wanted to choose a just a, a small number to test the waters. That's pretty cool. Um, okay, so we all read on packages things like organic and then certified humane. Um, I think a lot of consumers don't really know what that means and 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 for sure don't know what it means when you're a manufacturer of product. Talk about what does that mean in your world? Yeah, so first, certified organics. Uh, USDA organic stamp is is a guarantee that pesticides, herbicides, antibiotics, nothing was, uh, everything was monitored in the process, even to the seed that was used to grow the grains that the birds ate. So you're you're guaranteed that your all your your product is not doesn't have residuals or anything on it. But interesting fact is that about eighty percent of antibiotics produced in the world are giving to animals who consumes those animals who is who's getting those antibiotic residuals then we go to the doctor we want our antibiotics to work and and there's been a lot of challenges over that you over the last uh, 50 years since antibiotics had started to be introduced to animal production and so this is reversing that this is going back to uh before antibiotics were introduced and pesticides and herbicides and everything. So it, it's a guarantee to be a clean product. And then I, I chose Certified Humane because their standards aligned with, with my convictions for the environment that I believed was most natural for the animals. 
the natural light, the outdoor access, the enriched environment, things for them to hop on, uh, perch on, you know, go out and peck grasshoppers and chase things. Sure. Um, and so uh, it it that's the reason I, I chose Certified Humane, and, and we've stuck with it the whole time. It's amazing. Uh, one of the interesting things you all have is a real focus on partnerships uh, with, with local farmers. And one of the things you talk about is compensating them fairly to ensure their farms are viable and sustainable for the next generation. That's not easy um, with a lot of the changes in the industry over time. Talk about um, what's evolved and changed and how you guys are, are, are kind of affecting um, positive outcomes. Yeah. So I'll explain the contrast and then what we bring as a solution. So uh, when we went to open the processing facility in spring of 14, we had the wonderful opportunity to partner with farmers. So we go out, we talk, hey, what's what's the what's your dream about? What what do you what's your most ideal partnership look like? And that's where farmers said things like, I want to own the birds on my farm. I want to be in operational control and I don't want to be paid in the tournament system. Those were the three key things. Most people don't know that 99% of poultry farmers in the country don't own the animals in their barns and they have minimal operational control. They're owned by a vertically integrated company, the company that owns the processing capabilities, the feed mills, the hatcheries, and the animals in the barns. And the farmers are, are I don't say not much more an employee, but uh, essentially because you know you're you're providing a facility and doing what the company tells you to do. But in our model, we, we wanted to make independent farmers again. And that that's what our dream was. Once we achieved that, then when we had to process and give us that opportunity to show that with others. Um, so that's what our model does, the farmer-focused model. A hundred percent of our farmers own the birds in their barns, every asset of the on their farm. And uh, adhere to certified humane and organic and our certifications. And outside of that, they have complete operational control, which is huge. And then um, they're not paid in, a in the tournament system that uh, has farmers competing against each other. They have clear and transparent pay terms. It pays all farmers the same. So this uh, and because farmers own the birds in their barns and they take on that risk and they're and they do have that independence, then we can compensate them at a different level for the for the birds so we we've done this is new never been done before we've done it for nine years now and i think that's uh safe to say it's proven at this point <laughs> totally and, yeah. and so and i think a testament to the success of our models that you know, we have 78 uh farm partners now but we have over 130 on the waiting list that was all not solicited and they just heard about it word of mouth in the community and and they reached out to uh, get on the waiting list, hoping one day to have an opportunity to partner with us. Sure. Love that. Um, you guys are also in the consumer products business. You guys make packaged product, which is amazing. And I love your packaging and your labeling and whatnot. Many of you um, might have seen it in stores. It says farmer focus, which is really cool. One of the things I love about it is like there's true track and trace. Like you can scan the QR code on their packaging and it tells you where the product came from. Like that is such a big trend in food this day, these days. Um, but you guys have such a really great mix of product. Like how did you, have you always been in that or was that something that came later? You know what I mean? In terms of, you know, you had the chickens and you did the processing. Now you're in the actual end product that goes to, to shoppers or consumers. Like, have you always been there? Or what does that look like? No, it didn't start that way. And, and that was a that was an evolution and, and a lot of pains along the way and getting to where we are. Um, you know, we, we started off in 2014. We could sell whole birds in a few parts. And it took us about two months to realize that that was that was going to fail. 
Like we, we need to be able to pack chicken in a way that someone wants to buy it from the shelf. And and there was only a few industrial customers that could buy this in bulk, like we were producing it. And we so we worked really hard on putting together a packaging room, and it was just one little packaging machine at first. And we we worked that thing hard um, and built up. So you know, and then as as it evolves, and you understand your customers, and and you understand what uh, the needs in the market. And we started to expand our product portfolio to, you know, not just the the normal cuts of, you know, breast meat, leg meat, wings, tenders, and and things to have season, uh, pre-season products. And now we just recently launched uh, a ground chicken line. I see that. Yeah. I, although the honey jalapeno chicken party wings look pretty pretty yummy. And gr- the Caribbean yeah. jerk boneless skinless breasts. I mean, like. Yeah. Um, I've- <laughs> I often have to take uh, take packages home, and I guess I let my kids be the judge on which ones they <laughs> How are you guys selling? You know, initially you were selling to others that might make these products. Now you have your own products as well. How, are you selling into retail, or what does that look like? Yeah, Farmer Focus products are now in over four thousand stores on the East Coast. Uh, we have a few private label partnerships uh, where we pack for Costco and others that's under under their brands. But uh, we're excited that Farmer Focus is is uh, starting to uh, branch out on the East Coast and demand continues. Amazing. Um, as you've grown over time, how, how has the industry changed? So you've been in the business, you're kind of your own, you've been in forever, but like your, this business has been alive for 10 plus years. How has the chicken industry changed or not? Like what's what's been what's been uh, some of the trends that we might not know about? Well, uh Unfortunately, I wish the industry had changed more. I think, you know, it's a it's a big boys game, and there's four companies that produce over 50% of this nation's chicken, um, and they kind of dominate. And so you you see people like us that that start up. We're we're such a small percentage of the market share, but but we we've been called the small company with the loud voice uh, a few times. Is we're we're doing things completely different than really any other poultry company in the country. And and the companies are starting to take notice. And at first they're like, yeah, they won't make it. They won't survive. You you, you can't run a business like that. And and with that kind of farmer partnership and it just won't work. And you know, after six, seven, eight years, they they see us continuing to scale, demand continuing and our success. And then then the questions change from from statements, not uh you won't make it to how are you making it? How are right. you making that work? So, hey, look over I like here. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and so exciting. I mean, it, it's, I, I think, a, a, a growth industry, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so as you look ahead, like what, what are the keys to continued growth? Maybe in the next six to 12 months? Is it new uh, consumer products? Is it other retail partnerships? What does that look like? Yeah, you you mentioned uh, the two areas of of near term growth. We will be uh, launching uh, ground patties and sausage links um, inside of the next six to nine months, and multiple uh, flavors of those. So we're very excited about that, and we definitely hope to keep uh, expanding retail partnerships. We have ongoing conversations with a couple uh, groups that were got our fingers crossed. We're hoping for. Uh, an opportunity there, and that, that would really uh, be key to uh, filling up some of the capacity that we just recently 
uh, have expanded. So uh, we have the capacity. Now we need the partners. Totally get that. And, and it makes sense. Um, you're, you've been not only a founder, but a, a leader of the business. And we've got many entrepreneurs that are listening, as we've talked about before we hit record. What would be two or three pieces of advice you'd offer to them from your experience uh, in your role, building and launching and growing a brand? Well, first, if you can't handle stress, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if you have a burning desire in your heart to do something and you believe that that your community or the world needs your idea, um, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know what's around the next corner. I ordered 300 chickens, didn't have a clue what was going to happen next. Now, now look at us. We're, we're over 2 million pounds a week, for over 4,000 stores. You, know, you don't have to understand the entire roadmap. And I see so many uh, entrepreneurs getting hung up on trying to figure out step eight, 10, 12. Right. And just, on uh, day one. Just, just go, go. Minimize right. your risk. Take small steps. Work on proof of concept, but just, but go. I love that. And so true, right? I mean, you're, you, you just get some early momentum, find some some wins, learn from the losses, and then build on that over time, right? Exactly. Interesting. Um, so cool uh, and exciting for uh, for you and your business. And uh, I really love your product. Looking forward to seeing your team at Expo West. But before we go, share with our audience where they could find you, buy product, um, learn more about your story, et cetera. Sure. Yeah, you can... Uh... Go to farmerfocus.com and there's a store locator. Uh, you can find where your, the product is available in your area. And most importantly, take the time to uh, use the QR code on the package to meet the farmer that worked hard and raise the delicious product for you because they're the stars of the show. We're not. That's really cool. And um, so cool that you've you've already solved for that. So many companies are trying to get that. Um, it's really, really great um, having you here. Corwin, so good to meet you. So great to have you on. Look forward to having you back on down the road and look forward to meeting you in person soon. Thank you, Justin. Take care. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional ContenderCast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>